We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Little Sunday podcast here for you over at the OBR Film Breakdown. We are going to cover all of the injury updates as we understand them uh, from the from the Saturday night, Sunday morning perspective here, heading into an NFL Sunday where your Browns don't play. Obviously, though, this injury report will tell the tale for what's to come on Monday for your Monday night football contest with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then we will check in with Quincy Carrier and discuss how the Browns beat the Steelers from his perspective. So I think it's interesting to gather a little bit more intel on what it's going to take to get this Monday Night Football win. All that and more on the latest OBR Film Breakdown starting right now. Watson turns, rolls out to the right, looks open, touchdown! Harrison Bryant, wide open! The tight end on the right side, and with 9-11 left to go in the ballgame, it's beginning to feel like a Browns win today! What's up guys, welcome into the show, it's Jake Burns. Uh, I want to start by saying shout out to you guys who have reviewed and rated the podcast. Uh, those continue to trickle in, and I just want to say thanks, because most of those are found at the end of the podcast, those requests, and, and that means that uh, a lot of you guys are sticking around listening to the end of the podcast and giving it uh, you know, the, the time of day to go rate and review it. So thank you for doing that. Obviously, it is Sunday, September 17th. Your Browns play tomorrow. The um, latest news, though, I wanted to cover with you from yesterday, sort of a quiet day at practice uh, on a Saturday where people's attention is quite clearly elsewhere the questionable group for the game is uh, Siaka Ika with the foot. I don't feel like he's going to play. Uh, Juan Thornhill with the calf. Uh, it feels like he might be trending toward playing, according to Kevin Stefanski. Uh, it does seem like Amari Cooper, who just it happened out of nowhere, he aggravated the groin. It seems like he's pretty, from those on site, upset about it. I I mean, they're, they're keeping the window open for this, mentioning that they'll see how it feels over the next few days but I don't really get a good vibe uh from from again just when this would happen on a on a Saturday that that he's gonna play in this game I, I don't even know if it makes the most sense for him to play in it if I'm being honest I mean you want him to play if he can go obviously you're not gonna hold a guy out but I'm not sure given the nature of the the late week injury that there 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 makes a ton of sense uh, to to put him out there and, and throw him into this game, given the nature of the sensitivity of groin injuries as it is, right? 
And uh, I just, again, I, I'm a little hesitant on that one. We'll, we'll put it that way. And largely because I do think the Browns have enough depth, right, to, to overcome uh, some of this stuff, right? I, th- I think Cedric Tillman could play in this game and play effectively. It's trending toward being a low-scoring game anyway. If you look at, you know, what the Steelers have uh, out and, and designations and all of that, you know, we know Deontay Johnson's out. We know Cam Hayward's out. It looks like most of their guys who had been um, beat up earlier in the week, uh, Chuck Wimokor for the right tackle, got to a full practice. I think he's out of concussion protocol. Pat Fryermuth's a full practice the last two days. Uh, after a limited practice, then a DMP, then we saw Larry Ogunjobi go full practice. It's clear he's not 100%, though. You do get Anthony McFarlane, the speedy backup running back, who's kind of a third string but a gadget player for them behind Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, he's out. Deontay Johnson's out. But then a hamstring designation pops up for George Pickens. That's another interesting wrinkle. So you have Amari Cooper with a groin uh, listed as questionable. There is no game status tied to George Pickens' situation, whereas you get a questionable for Amari. But Pickens showing up with a limited practice, it's it's at least noteworthy. And that could mean that he's not, again, not 100%, which, which obviously matters for guys opening it up and running downfield especially the way George Pickens does that sort of thing, right? So, um, again, that, I think that's everybody that covers everyone who, um, you know, was on the injury report. We had Nick Faribault on to really break down in depth earlier in the week the Steelers. I, I really want to continue talking about how you beat them, right, what the Browns have to do. And now the Amari Cooper groin injury thing adds a wrinkle to this thing. I, I again, would be kind of surprised if they – if they do, if they actually put him out there, but you never know. Uh, but but I think the ability to run the football should be there for the Browns, and then from that have the ability to get after Elijah Moore. If you put Tillman and DPJ out there, I think that's that's a fine enough group against the secondary. Mix that in with a little bit more activity for David and Joku against these linebackers who I don't think cover very well. And then you talk about um, you know Cam Hayward's lack of a presence up the middle. I think it creates the ability to run it between the tackles in a way you're traditionally not able to run it between the tackles. So we shall see. I have been gathering opinions on this important game, the history behind winning in Pittsburgh and how hard it's been, right? And the rare chance the Browns have to go 2-0 and and what this game means from that perspective. I talked with Andrew Spade yesterday about Browns' confidence in this group. There have been quotes from people not affiliated with the Browns that have been out there throughout the week about how good this defense can be, how good this pass rush is right now and can, can you know continue to be. So it's all exciting, right? But I think you know as I do, the confidence needs to come from proving it, and they have a really fun opportunity to prove it on Monday Night Football on a big stage in a place that they need to erase some of the ghosts, right? Prove that they can do it. It's a uh, you want to get the opportunity. You don't. Always, you don't always even get that opportunity to be on that stage with with what they've started out with. So I, I think it's just a really fun chance for them to prove themselves. So yeah, check out the last two pods between Nick and Andrew Spade yesterday. I think there's a lot of coverage of who the Steelers are and where the Browns are, and I think uh, we'll get one more opinion on this Sunday. So. Untitled and Unfiltered is the YouTube channel for Quincy Carey. He does a great job over there. We've had Quincy on this podcast several times. 
and I've gone to his YouTube channel and done some stuff as well. I think some good crossover stuff happens between the two of us. And with a game like this, I try to catch up with him every couple weeks, every three weeks if I can. So we took some time, both on his show, if you want to check that out on YouTube, and then on this one here in just a moment, discussing what the Browns have to do to beat these guys. Now remember, we recorded this earlier in the week. There will be no context on Amari's injury. So, you know, trying to do our best here with getting stuff recorded for a weekend pod. Uh, anyway, we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsors, and then we will get over to that interview with Quincy right after that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. Listen, the Browns have the Titans coming in in Week 3. There's a chance these guys could be 2-0 and coming back to Cleveland for a home game. You should be looking ahead at buying those tickets, and game time is the right place to do it. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Quincy Carrier's here. We talked on his show earlier this week. We're now going to talk for mine on Sunday. It's weird. I don't love Monday Night Football. I actually hate Monday Night Football, Quincy, because... I love getting, I don't know, man, something about one o'clock Sunday games that I just like. Like you get to move on with your day. You get to know when you get your film, all the analysis you can do the rest of the day. You know what your Monday looks like. Monday, we're just kind of waiting around. And then you're getting the first Monday night game since Aaron Rodgers had the Achilles tear. I I don't like it, man. Are you pumped about Monday night football? Do you like it? What's your vibe? 
Luckily, there's two. So if there is some Monday night bad juju, 50-50 shot, right? You know, I mean, well, actually 25% chance because there's four teams playing, right? So, <laughs> you know, we get to spread it out. We get to spread it out. Hopefully it goes to the ESPN game, um, not the ABC true. one. So, yeah, it, it's it, – I don't know. Monday night football is always weird, but I don't know how much of this is influenced because, you know, I'm a Browns fan, and the Browns for the longest time have only played like Thursday night night games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's like Thursday nights feel like night games to me, and one o'clock on Sundays feel like regular football games to me. Um, that's just what I've been used to. So I don't know how much of it's comfort, but there is something about the sun being like no other football league plays a bunch of their games at Sunday at one o'clock, you know what I mean? Like in the day, it's just a special feeling. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but it just feels like that's, that's the NFL. Cause you'll see night games in college, you know, but you don't really see a ton of those one o'clock starts. There's like one or two um, throughout the whole college football season. Yeah. That really matter. Right. So mm-hmm. it pushes everything back. And what I wanted to do um, is get with, with somebody I respect to, just sort of go over how the Browns beat the Steelers. We heard from Nick Fairball, who covers Pittsburgh, about everything going on there. And a reminder, we're recording this a little earlier in the week, Wednesday night, uh, for you to catch this on Sunday. So if something jarring happens, we know that Cam Hayward's not playing. We know Deontay Johnson isn't playing. But if anything else comes out from either side, we don't know the outcome for Juan Thornhill yet. Um, just keep in mind, we don't know that stuff yet. It's pretty simple to understand. So we're behind the eight ball a little bit there if that comes to fruition, which we hope it doesn't from Cleveland side. So mm-hmm. I want to talk through with you both sides of the football. What about those sides, like matchups that you're very interested in, and then talk about how, how the Browns beat them, what they have to do to beat them. So offense, we're talking a skill group down Deontay Johnson. I know we really talked about this on your show too, but you know, it's, it's George Pickens, it's Pat Fryermuth, it's uh, Jalen Warren, getting some more time, uh, perhaps splitting carries with Najee Harris. What do you have to do um, to stop these guys, in your opinion? Uh, start with who you're most concerned about, then talk through what you would think they have to do to get to get Pittsburgh. Kind of hold them. I think you got to hold them under 13 points. That would be the goal for me is keep them down under 13 points. Yeah, yeah. This is a team has. I don't think they've scored 30 in years, right? So mm-hmm. you definitely want to hold them down low. Um, it. I think what George Pickens probably has to be the most concerning one. I think that's the one that pops out to people. Honestly, it's Friar move to me because that if Friar move is going, Kenny Pickett usually has a better game, right? That's mm-hmm. usually an indicator of how well Kenny Pickett's playing. So if you could take away Friar move and then he can only work, you know, the, those outside angles, I think you're going to be in a position to get some turnovers there with Kenny Pickett. So yeah, I would say Friar move is probably number one priority. And then, you know, since you've, feel good about the matchup with Martin and George Pickens and even like if you have Denzel over there or if he goes inside he's going to be on Greg you feel fine about all three of those corners with their best wide receiver there's no Deontay Johnson which has been a problem for Denzel Ward as you mentioned on my show um it, it that's probably the number one thing. It's like, okay, I just don't want to see Fryer move carve up the middle of this defense and get pick, pick it comfortable because mm-hmm. if Pickett's not comfortable they have to rely on that run game I feel good about this Browns team's ability to stop um, their 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 ability to run because they're so fast and Najee Harris just isn't and they run a lot like outside zone so I think we're just going to beat them to the point of attack um, especially if they start trying to like screen stuff like that I think this defense is just so fast sideline to sideline that Pittsburgh can't really match up with it in a run game um, maybe like the biggest concern is like if Jalen Warren gets f- past that first line of defense. You know, when you're when you're this aggressive like the Browns are, if you get past that first line, 
it, it could be a problem, right? You could bust a big one like that. But uh, other than that, it's really fryer move and, and force them to kind of find other options. You just don't want Kenny Pickett to get comfortable because you want to take away that passing game. If you do that, they're one dimensional and you can, all you got to do is not make the big mistake on offense. You can win this game. I'll ask you this. Pittsburgh, I think the thing that's frustrated me, they obviously won the most recent matchup and the Browns did a, a good job when they came to Cleveland last year. As we know, the Browns have done a really nice job with home division games. Mm-hmm. It seems like more often than not, the two games before that in 21, Pittsburgh was surprisingly more physical and beat them up up front. And that was really frustrating to me that they were out, you know, just running simple inside zone and wrinkles off of inside zone and and really beating Cleveland up. Do you expect with Dalvin and Shelby and some of the additions that they've made along the interior? I think the thing about the Cincinnati game was you got to see a lot of pass rush, but we they weren't challenged in the run game. I think we can mm-hmm. agree on that. Pittsburgh should, you know, they, they need to stay out of third and long. I'm sure their plan here is to challenge Cleveland in the run game, especially the wide nine that creates some voids to get some run game stuff going. Are you fearful at all that they're going to put together a game plan that does allow them to create some run lanes and, and really disrupt Cleveland's ability to get into those special third and longs that they can be so dynamic. You know what I mean? I feel better about the Browns chance to not get mauled on the line of scrimmage this year than I did last year. Part of it, I feel like is a mentality thing, right? Like that Joe Woods defense wasn't one that kind of got you ready to be super aggressive on the line of scrimmage and and win one of those like fights right on, on the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage it was more or less about you know being passive sometimes figuring out what you want to do and that that tended to get this team beat up on the line of scrimmage at times i think just the change of, of mindset of that we're going to be aggressive we're going to beat these guys up up front and that's coming from jim schwartz to this defensive line and we saw that aggression against Cincinnati in a pass rush form. Um, And I think we're probably going to see a similar amount of aggression there. I think they'll be more prepared for it. I don't think they're going to completely dominate the line of scrimmage. Um, You know, this is a team that's more equipped to stop teams that throw the ball more than teams that can run the ball really well, even with the additions of Dalvin Thomason. Like, I didn't think this was going to turn into, like, the best run defense in NFL, but it could be a really good run defense. And I think, you know, they're going to be aggressive. They have that – they just have a different level of energy along the line of scrimmage, or at least I saw it against Cincinnati, and I'm hoping that they bring that same level of energy there because that's where Pittsburgh has continued to beat us, right? It's never because they're a more talented team or not the last few years. They have not beat us in Pittsburgh because they're more talented is because they just are more prepared and they are more aggressive at the point of attack than we are willing to be when we play them in Pittsburgh for whatever reason and I think that that's going to be a thing that where the Browns are going to at least try to challenge that especially early on if they have success early on then it'll be that way the whole game yeah San Francisco did a great job of taking advantage of Cam Hayward being out I know like I said that that game in Cleveland last year where Cam at the end of it actually it was Cam that said, you know, the Browns just they kicked our ass up front. They need to have that type of performance mm-hmm. from the from the flip side of things, right? Where their interior, they do some things. I know the Browns played some five down front stuff. I think they played six downs of what I call bear front, right? With the nose and two, three techniques. I expect them to get really frisky with that bear front stuff to try to take away some of those easy runs that Pittsburgh will try to create uh oh, based next on two some, weeks. Some, some traditional wide nine stuff the Browns like to play, right? The Bengals had a couple they popped. Uh, one was off a missed tackle where I think Rodney McLeod came down, but uh, I, I do really expect the Browns to put some of that bare front stuff together. And you're, you're right, the next two weeks, it's a good 
prep for whatever the hell the Titans are going to do. They're in a weird position, right? You know, Ryan Tannehill is, you know, we'll cover that when the time comes, but it ain't pretty. Let's put it that way. So I just say um, quarterbacks, when they get to 35, <laughs> it's a mixed bag. Like, it you is. know, everybody thinks they turn 40, turn into Brady. A lot of these guys like Mike Ryan, Matt Ryan turned 35, got out the league by he was 36. Like, and it looked like it's going to go that way from Ryan Tannehill. You got to be really special to be special when it's hard to be special. See what I did there? <laughs> and I like you just think, ah, these guys will last forever. Now nah, they better be super processors, yeah. man, to get rid of that thing. Because if you get Somebody. hit, like that's what made Aaron Rodgers so mad, right? The cut block stuff where he's taking these unnecessary hits and all of a sudden your Achilles pops, right? So mm-hmm. it's tricky. It's, it's tough. Tricky. It's tough. Somebody told me, oh, Daniel Jones is so much more worth the money when it comes to a running back because he'll play till he's 40. I'm like, do they all play till they're 40? And nope. if they're Daniel Jones, do you want them to play till he's 40? Like, <laughs> you you <laughs> would see the Giants organization fold if that guy's still there when he's 40. Let's put it that way because it is not pretty. Not pretty. We don't mean to bash other organizations, but we got to look sometimes. You got to look around yeah. and get the perspective. Um. Okay, well, let's switch to defense then. I think that the biggest place that we would all agree that there's the the dearth of talent between the two is Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, right? It's going to be yep. Wand. It is going to be, you know, it's it's going to be Jed, obviously. How much, let's put it this way, if Cam's not playing in the middle, are you going into this game saying we're going to run the hell out of the ball? Or are you saying um, we can still be who we want to be, do the fun wrinkles we like to do, and not change our course? Or do you think that like those two outside create such madness that we need to really just take advantage of being able to probably being able to run along the interior more than we're accustomed to because Cam is such a disruptor? You know what I mean? I would say you would want to force them to make it be a factor in the game, right? So if you early on try Nick Chubb. If Nick Chubb's working, you don't got to worry about everything else, right? If you could just move the ball running it, do some stuff off of that, move the ball with Deshaun, you'll be fine for the whole game, and you it, you don't have to have that matter. Yeah, I don't think you want to come into the game and then find out, okay, Jed's not holding his own right now versus Alex, or Dewan's really struggling versus TJ Watt. Let's see if that has to become a, pa- a factor in the game first, run the ball with Nick Chubb. Um, and you don't have to do it in like super predictable sets. I'm not saying that they come out there and like 13 personnel run the ball for like the whole first quarter, but yeah. you know, you can, you can try to, move the ball early on early downs, run the ball, see what you can get, see what kind of chunks are you getting, see how they're fitting things. If they have Larry Oak and Joby out there, run at them. Like, these are the things that you try to figure out, see if you can get away with early. Um, And if you can, then why not? And if you can't, then we'll see what happens with the pass game. But I think, you know, they're not so dead set into just doing things one way. I think that their identity on offense is that, hey, if we need to run it, we can run it. If we need to throw it, we feel confident about our ability to go empty and throw the ball. You know, I think that's going to be it's going to be a mixture of both depending on what the down and distance situation is. But I expect them to feel fairly confident about their ability to run the ball. And they know that this is a low margin of error game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that their offense can't really afford many errors, many mistakes. So I think you're going to play a more conservative style against a team like that because you just don't have to be that aggressive. You're going to get your shots. You're going to get your chances where you have Pat Pete one-on-one with Amari Cooper. You're going to get your moments to be aggressive. It's just about being patient, kind of waiting things out, so you can take those strikes because if you beat them enough in the run game, they're going to have to kind of cave in and you can just beat them over top. 
Yeah, San Francisco picked on Patrick Peterson a fair amount. They gave uh, Brandon Ayuk a lot of opportunity. Ayuk is, I mean, he's a pretty good football player. He's not, I wouldn't say he's special per se. I think that the the Browns have uh, players that can replicate a lot of what Ayuk does. I think the temptation, what will be dangerous for the Browns is outside of Minka, there's a lot of temptation to beat up this secondary, right? Pick on them when they can pick on them because their nickel situation's not good. They're starting two corners that I don't know that many teams in the league would be starting. So I, I think that your your point is correct. Come out, challenge it, see what needs to be done, alter course from there. But man, I, I these linebackers, they don't cover well. They're good, they're better as mm. you know, Holcomb and uh, Alandon Roberts are better as thumper types. They'll they'll play the run better, but they really don't cover as well as you would like. But but man, this this is just fascinating to me. Um, you know, the, the battle that you have between, oh, the secondary is something that we can take advantage of, but, oh, okay. You know, uh, got to kind of balance these edge rushers coming in, kind of, kind of balance, uh, you know, being able to run the football pretty consistently because it's something that you should be able to do in this game. And then San Francisco punished them with it. So how do you think they handle TJ and, um, you know, obviously, Alex Highsmith, they're both going to be a problem. Do you expect them to keep someone in in those situations, or you think Stefanski's going to trust Deshaun? You know, almost that Baker plan from years ago, right? Where James Hudson's starting out there getting one on one treatment. Do you think they're going to help early and often, or do you think they're just going to try to get guys out on routes in some of those situations? Because that's the big thing. You, you know, the, the, the 49ers turned it over two times, right? They turned mm. it over two times, and TJ got three sacks. So it's just an interesting balancing act to me uh, how they go about that yeah yeah it's i somewhat lean towards they should probably have somebody help jet like i just i don't know what it is i have a sick feeling in my gut about jet this week like i just don't trust it i don't trust that matchup over there um I, for whatever reason, I feel comfortable enough with Dewan there. Like, it, I think if Dewan gets beat, it'll be pretty predictable ways to get beat. So, like, Deshaun can, you know, maneuver that in, on the right side, too. If your right tackle gets beat, it's a little easier for your quarterback to see that get out the way and, and make something happen there. So, yeah, I just worry about that blindside matchup. Um, I think they're probably going to try to do some things. You know, they had the, what the there was one clip I put out there of Jerome Ford doing the chip at the end of the line scrimmage. You're going to do stuff like that all game um, on TJ Watt. But yeah, I think, you know, they're just going to try to trust it. And then I think the hope is, is that they run the ball successfully enough to where that kind of slows down their aggressiveness in that pass rush. And it gives them that half a second they need to be able to hit, you know, some of these soft spots. Okay, answer this question on the way out the door. The Cleveland Browns win week two Monday night football if they do this on both sides of the football. So tell me what the offense has to do to win collectively and tell me what the defense has to do to win collectively. For offense, you know, move the ball a decent clip, run the ball well. Um, don't don't have any turnovers. Don't make any huge mistakes. Don't make Pittsburgh's offense life any easier than it needs to be. Execute. Get the field goals you need. Play a similar game that you played to Cincinnati offensively. You'll probably win the game. Um, I don't think you need anything more than that. Defensively, I think this is going to come down to, um, you know, making sure that Kenny Pickett looks like Kenny Pickett, forcing Kenny Pickett to making sure Kenny doesn't look comfortable. You don't want him high up there in completions. You don't want Pat Fryer move helping him get comfortable. You you don't want them opening up things. You don't want them taking away your ability to be aggressive and blitz them. Um, 
when you feel like you can. You want to make sure Kenny Pickett's uncomfortable. You want to make sure he doesn't find comfort. You don't want him to have like five or six straight completions at any period, right? If you make sure that happens, you keep the pass breakups high, um, then I think it, it's it's pretty simple to win this game. I think the Browns are the better team. They have the matchup advantages in a lot of key areas. It's about them not beating themselves. And I think this is one of those games where if the Browns don't win, we're not like Pittsburgh is a decent enough team, but if the Browns don't win, we're going to be talking about what the Browns didn't do. Right. Like that's going to be the main story. They would have had to beat themselves. Um, And this is about not getting in your own way. The thing is Pittsburgh, that stadium for whatever reason, this team finds a way to get in their own way sometimes in that stadium. We have to see if that dif- if that's different this year with the Deshaun Watson era, but that's the thing. Just don't get in your own way on both sides of the ball. You'll be fine. You'll probably win this game. You should win this game. If you get in your own way, we know what Pittsburgh does when we decide that we're going to make our lives harder than it needs to be. They usually win those games. That's why it's they a, never go under 500. That's exactly right. It is a big prove it. Let us know you're serious about changing this thing this year. It's a perfect game too, right? For that Mm -hmm. overcoming week one's issues, right? With uh, winning the first game, first home game at home, all that nonsense there. And then, you know, breaking another one to get out of the Pittsburgh regular season on the road strike. Uh, That would be, that'd be two huge things. Listen, Quincy, man, we appreciate it. I know that, uh, you know, I visited your channel this week. So if you guys didn't check out my time spent with Quincy, go check that out. Um, you know where to find his pod. He's been his, his YouTube channel. He's been on this thing a million times now, and and uh, I always link it in the description to this episode. So go find it. And then otherwise, man, listen. It's a it's a it's a probably every other week thing. We'll try to get with you, catch up, and see what's going on. And you know we appreciate your time, man. No problem, Jake. Always always a joy to be on. All right, guys. Thanks for stopping by today's show. Appreciate you being here. Thanks to Quincy for stopping by too. I'll say what I always say on the way out the door. Join the Browns community at the OBR. You will not regret it. $1 for your first month. That promotion is always something you can take an opportunity to prove to yourself that the website is worth your time and that the Browns community is what I tell you it is on there. Again, I don't think you would ever regret it. Rate and review the podcast if you can. Keep doing that. It really matters. Helps people find us. Thanks again for being here, guys. Have a fantastic Sunday. Hopefully get those fantasy lineups set and ready to roll. And, uh, you know, sit back, enjoy. Uh, Your Cleveland Browns will be on Monday night, and hopefully we can all enjoy it then. You'll have a game day podcast with Brad Ward tomorrow where we preview everything leading up to the game as we try to customarily do. Until then, enjoy your Sunday, and go Browns. Go Browns.